When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock, and we are continuing our look at our 23 questions series today on the podcast. And we are going to talk about Miles Garrett because Mary Kay, Miles was in town. He was uh, holding his camp today in, in Gates Mills at Gilmore Academy. You, of course, were there. Uh, Miles spoke afterwards. There's a video clip of, of Miles. Uh, blowing up a, a kid playing tackle, poor kid. Um, but anyway, uh, you were at the camp. Let's just start there. What what sort of stood out to you uh, talking to Miles really for the first time since mini camp? Well, he seems really happy. He seems really relaxed. He seems ready to go. Uh, he seems very very optimistic. There's a lightness of being about him, and also he looks a little bit leaner to me. And I'm going to be writing about this today in one of our 23 uh, for 23 written parts of the series. Uh, but he just looked a little bit leaner, uh, which I was a little surprised about. Um, he he obviously is an enormous human being, and he is built like nobody's business. We all know that. Uh, but he, there was just a little slight bit of just maybe a tad bit of leanness to him. And I asked him about that and he said, oh, well, I got to shave, you know, maybe that has something to do with it. So he, you know, he wouldn't give, he wouldn't budge an inch on that. Uh, but I do think he's coming in perhaps the tiniest bit lighter. Now, sometimes we'll ask these guys, about that. And, and then we'll say, well, how much did you lose? And they'll say three pounds, which of course I can gain three pounds by dinner time if I wanted to. Um, so three pounds is nothing when, you know, when you're that big. Uh, so I don't know if he actually has changed his weight or his body fat or anything like that, but it just seems to me there's a little something there. Yeah. Ashley miles, miles always just surprises me when I, like I've, I've been covering him since he came into the league and he always just surprises me when I see him like, Oh my God, this person is not the same as me or any other human being I've ever seen. And, and at the same time, like he is kind of, you know, I, I could see like him being a little leaner and being able to maybe, maybe be a little quicker. And I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know how much more physically there is there for miles to do, but I think it's interesting that we might see a, a leaner, quicker miles Garrett. Yeah, and it's also kind of like, why not try it at this point? And I mean, I wonder for him, even if losing a couple pounds might go a long way in terms of like staving off some of these, you know, nagging injuries that he's had a tendency to develop. And and yeah, it's almost like this experimentation and getting it literally down to a science of what's going to work best for him. But I think with Miles, you know, what guys always talk about is not just his strength and his power, but his bend is always what comes up when other players talk about him and how mobile he is. So again, I think like if he, if he is a little bit leaner, that is only going to help him even enhance more what he's already really good at. 
Um, and yeah, I'm curious to see him now again in person because I wasn't at the camp today. Um, but even from the pictures, I think you can you can kind of see it. So I'm curious what this is going to look like in a few weeks at the Greenbrier. Okay, so let's get to the the question, uh, which is: Will Miles Garrett beat his sack record and challenge for NFL Defensive Player of the Year? I think every single year we've done this series some form of this question has has been a part of it like will miles garrett win defensive player of the year will he break a sack record something like that uh he's been in the league since 2017 which is kind of hard to believe that we are going into year seven uh with miles garrett he he got up to 16 in 2021 and then in 2022 last year he had 16 uh twice he's played a full season uh last year he played 16 games uh and of course he had that car uh he flipped his Porsche, of course, which uh, resulted in a shoulder injury that hampered him. So I guess there's a couple a couple angles of this. And I, I feel like this is something I always think about with Miles Garrett, Mary Kay, because he's so talented. When you watch him play, like you just see the explosive, like you see how good he is and how good he can be. And I wonder sometimes, are we too hard on Miles Garrett? Because sometimes it feels like, Oh, could he do more? Could he impact a game more? Could he, you know, but he's getting triple teamed sometimes, you know, quadruple team, double teamed. Like, are we too hard on Miles Garrett sometimes? Well, yeah, sometimes I think we are. But the bar is set extremely high, as Jim Schwartz said during his introductory press conference. It's set that high for a reason, because he does have uh, the physical tools and the talents to be able to reach great heights. He does have the ability to be a first team all pro pretty much every year. And even Miles has admitted that he doesn't have the credentials right now to make the Hall of Fame. He's got to keep going. He's got way more to do. And when you're picked number one overall and you have the physical ability and the tool that he has, the talent that he has, then I do think that uh, you have to set the bar that high for yourself. You have to challenge yourself. So I don't think Miles would mind that we have set the bar that high because I think he has the bar set that high. He wants, he didn't even go into the Hall of Fame last year when Kevin Stefanski took them down there because he doesn't want to go into it until he's inducted into it. Well, I'm a Hall of Fame selector and I know how hard it is for those defensive ends to make the Hall of Fame. I mean, you have got to be the best of the best. You've got to be all decades. You've got to be all pros. You have to be a game changer. And so I do think he's got another gear. He's got another level. And I think he has a, a better chance of hitting it under Jim Schwartz. Yeah. So I think that's, that's probably, I, th- I mean, we've, we've said that on this podcast, like we still think there's this other level to Miles Garrett, which isn't, which certainly isn't an unfair expectation, Ashley, but you know, on Twitter, when you're watching Brown's games, you know, Miles will make a play and you'll see somebody sarcastically tweet, like, where's all the people asking where Miles is or or something like that. That's just Twitter being Twitter. But sometimes is that sentiment? Like, I, I mean, same question that I asked Mary Kay, are we too hard on him sometimes? I don't think so, because I mean, I think it's his potential, right? And I think like, ideally, he would have had a defensive player of the year win by now and I do think that's like one of the major things that's that's missing for me from him and also it's just like putting a full season together like we haven't seen him put a full season together on a good team where like you know something non-injury related in the case of helmet incident or these nagging injuries have really hindered him and I mean last year especially 
I think it was like, oh, he's done all these things. He talked really extensively last year about doing different things in the offseason to specifically strengthen his core to try to help some of those nagging injuries. And then he goes and flips his car in week four. And that kind of derailed that from a football standpoint. So I think for me, when I hold Miles to a higher standard, it's not just like, oh, getting the sacks and, you know, winning, breaking his sack record again and winning defensive player of the year. It's also like from a leadership standpoint. And I don't think Miles Garrett has to be like, become this vocal leader that he's not, but like he has to do the right things on and off the field that isn't going to negatively impact that leadership because he has to be a leader on this defense for them to achieve the goals they want to as a team. So that takes me to the next question here. And maybe, maybe this is us being too hard on miles. Garrett. I don't think it is, but Mary Kay, how much do you think miles has sort of held himself back to reaching these expectations? And I don't mean from a, like, obviously like the guy's always in shape. The guy puts in the work. He should, you know, he's ready to go all the time, but you know, I'm referencing the helmet incident, obviously, uh, the Porsche can't really hold COVID against him in, in 2020. I, I mean, that's really what derailed that season, but you look, I mean, there's two seasons here where like in 2019, he had 10 sacks in 10 games and then he hit Mason Rudolph with this helmet and you can't do that, right? You can't get yourself suspended indefinitely like that. And then this past season, 16 sacks in 16 games is incredible, but had he not flipped his Porsche and missed that Atlanta game and the shoulder would have been healthy. I mean, we all remember after that, that sack on Tom Brady against Tampa, him running to the sideline, like grasping that shoulder, it was really affecting him. Mm-hmm. It feels like miles has kind of held himself back uh, a little bit with, you know, made some, some poor decisions here and there. Yeah, certainly those two incidents uh, really were very detrimental to him. Um, but I think both were life changing and I, I think he's come a long way since both of those things. I think I, I've seen growth in him as a person. So it's not necessarily what happens to you. It's how you respond to it, uh, how you come back from it. And I think in both cases, uh, he is, is coming back strong from, you know, from these two sorts of things. So, uh, so I really do think that, um, that he is poised to come out this year and have a really, really nice season, especially because, you know, Jim Schwartz is going to be coaching him and he really is just so keyed in on that defensive line. And he gets so much out of his defensive linemen uh, that I think this is going to be really, really good for miles. And I don't think he's had a supporting cast like this with him on the defensive line, just across the board. Uh, so I do think it's set up uh, for him to excel and, and to have a really, really nice season. And I think he has uh, set aside, you know, some of those things that happened in his past. And, you know, there is something to be said for just maturing young men. They, you know, they say it, and I know I've talked to even general managers who see it once they get past 25, there's a maturity about them. And, and I do think that, you know, that we are going to be seeing that in miles, they grow up a little bit. They see things a little bit differently. They start to, to realize that, okay, maybe they're on the second half of their career now, instead of the first half and time is running out a little bit and they've got a lot they want to accomplish. So I think all these things will come together and result in a really good season. Ashley Miles was 21 when the Browns drafted him. He turned 22 that December of his rookie season. And I think as, as Mary Kay was saying that you, you 
you do realize with some of these guys that like, especially a guy like Miles, who is so prominent, who, you know, we talk to him every single Friday and he's one of the faces of the organization. He was one of the, you know, for all that, whatever you thought of one in 31 miles was, was one of the rewards of, of that whole stretch. We've kind of had to see him grow up and it hasn't always been easy. And I, I think, but I think Mary Kay's right. I think we've also seen him learn from those very public incidents. I mean, the helmet thing was on Thursday night football. The Porsche obviously was, was everywhere, but um, you know, we've seen him kind of have to learn from these very public painful uh, incidents. And I, I think it's kind of fascinating watching a guy like that grow up kind of just in front of us. I know I do too. And even like miles, it seems like to me, like when I was going back and reading stuff from even like before he was drafted, like he always kind of had that, I don't know, like old soul about him almost and things he was interested in and, and the way he was talking about what he wanted for his career and things like that. But I do think like you have seen him, it seems like even from you guys and hearing the stories about, you know, pre, you know, in the early days of his career, pre COVID before locker room access disappeared for a while, like you couldn't really find miles around in the locker room. And now we, we kind of see him in there all the time, even if he's not talking. So that certainly is one way. Um, that you have kind of seen him grow up and I think maybe have an appreciation for what he is trying to do as a player a little bit more. We've seen him find his voice kind of and be willing to speak. If he has something to say, he's going to say it basically. Um, you know, for me that the prime example of that is after everything with Odell went down, he was very vocal about wanting Odell back and feeling like the front office should have been more transparent about what's going on. Um, obviously the calling out Joe Woods in 2021, which didn't go so well for him, but he wasn't afraid to stand up there at the podium and say, we need to make adjustments. So I do think we've seen him kind of find that maturity in a number of ways and seen him grow up. But I, I still think, again, like all that being said, he has to take that extra step. Because, I mean, from a leadership standpoint, to me, there's like no denying the car accident really, really hindered him last year. Because, like, how can you be, be you know, have this, you know, un, I guess, questionable leadership when you do find yourself in a situation like that, which was unfortunate, not just for his production on the field, but for, for that perception as well, I think. Okay. Let's take a break and then we'll, we'll kind of look ahead uh, to what this season could look like for miles Garrett. And back on the orange Brown talk podcast and lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. And we are continuing our 23 questions series. All these stories are going up on cleveland.com slash Browns. And we'll be over the next few weeks, getting you ready for training camp and uh, the Browns heading off to the green briar where they will start training camp. We're all working on those. Mary Kay will have a miles Garrett question. This very question that post will be going up uh, shortly after we record this here on Tuesday. I'll have a Nick Chubb question. Um, I know Ashley's got a few going up as well. So just make sure you check all of those out at cleveland.com slash Browns. So Miles Garrett sitting at 74 and a half sacks. He has the official team record. Uh, He will surpass the unofficial team record this season. He's getting very close to that 100-sack total, Mary Kay. I mean, he's 25-and-a-half away. So, you know, this time next year, this question will have something to do with Miles eclipsing 100 sacks. That's a big number for, for an edge rusher. What does this season look like for Miles under Jim Schwartz? Is I mean, is this... I mean, I feel like part of why you bring Jim Schwartz in isn't just to make your entire pass rush better, but also to make your best pass rusher better. So how does, how does that look for miles? 
You know, I think Jim Schwartz is committed to doing just that. I really do. I think that he wants to help maximize Miles Garrett's potential. And when Miles understands and sees that that's what Jim Schwartz is all about, then he's going to really want to run through a wall for him. Miles over the years has had occasionally, you know, an issue here or there with his defensive coordinator, as we've pointed out um, at times. He hasn't always loved the way he's been used. He hasn't always loved the philosophy. Uh, but I think he's going to really like the Jim Schwartz way. It's very defensive line friendly. Uh, and I think it's going to be Miles Garrett friendly. I think they're going to find ways to make sure that Miles Garrett has a favorable matchup and everybody else is just going to have to deal with that because Miles is the man. And he's going to get first dibs on whatever matchup is going to be best for him at any given time. Uh, so I definitely think that, that that will be one key piece of this. The other key piece of this, I think, will be the fact that they are going to rotate in more. So I think that Miles will probably be fresher for the fourth quarter be ready to to go out there and still wreak havoc and get to the quarterback in the fourth quarter and also in week 17 and week 18 and in the playoffs. So I think there will be an effort to keep him, uh, you know, safe, strong, healthy throughout the season. Yeah, the Miles, the Miles matchup thing, of course, we all know <laughs> Jadavian Clowney was very open with you, Mary Kay, about that situation, but that's the way it is. And here's my my occasional stretching this into a basketball analogy thing. Uh, Ashley, Isaac Okora doesn't get to go to Bernie Bickerstaff and say, this is the matchup I want. Donovan Mitchell gets to do that. You know, Darius Garland gets to do that. But so, so on the football field, Miles Garrett gets to go to Jim Schwartz and say, this is the guy that I want to go up against. And I, I think Jim is going to, Jim understands that. Yeah. I mean, especially because this scheme is all about creating one-on-one -on -one matchups that are favorable for your best pass rushers. And like Mary Kay said, Miles is the man in this defense. And I do think like because of this scheme and because of like the wide nine as a concept, like you're letting those guys line out further, that automatically is going to kind of create more matchups. We've obviously seen them do a ton of different lineups already. Jim Schwartz has talked about using five down linemen, possibly. We've seen Obo Garanquo line up like a linebacker, like all sorts of things already, I think, to accomplish that. But you're right, Dan. I mean, like you have to get your best player in a position to do what he's the best at. And for Miles, it's coming off that edge and creating those favorable matchups, which again, I think everyone is going to be helped by that in this system. But Miles in particular and them kind of moving him around, maybe moving him inside like we've talked about and really hunting out the opposing team's weak spots up front there on offense. So the other part of this is the talent around him, Mary Kay. And I'm trying to figure out, is this maybe the best group Miles has had? Um, he had Sheldon, and um, Olivier Vernon together. Um, and Olivier had a really nice second half the year before he got, he ruptured his Achilles. Uh, you know, he's had Clowney who obviously had a really great year with him, but just across the line, when you factor in Dalvin Tomlinson, Zadarius Smith, and, you know, the potential of Oboe Okoronkwo, it, it, it just feels like this is probably the best group that he's had top to bottom. Yeah, I think so. I think when you just go all the way across the line, especially in the event when you have Miles Garrett and Oboe on the outside, and then you have Zadarius and Dalvin on the inside, that's a whole lot of talent just from those four guys. Again, they will play uh, a fair amount of five down linemen, and you know then it'll be even uh, better than that at times. But uh, just those four guys alone, 
I mean, you're, you know, you're talking about, you know, some Pro Bowl ability there. You're talking about some all pro ability. You're talking about a lot of pressure, a lot of sacks, inside push. Uh, I think it takes pressure off of him. And I think that uh, I think it'll free him up in some cases to get to the passer. I think it'll get him, uh, you know, singled up occasionally with a, a weaker blocker. And, and I do think it lends itself to a really, really nice season. I think Jim Schwartz knows that the quickest way to success on defense is to make sure that Miles, that dog is eating. And I think that's going to happen. Yeah, and then that interior, Ashley, especially when you do start to think about Zadarius on the inside and of course Dalvin and, um, but if Miles is playing on the outside, I, I just imagine quarterbacks who have no place to go and I think that's going to, I mean, that could add two or three sacks to Miles' total right there. Just like, I can't escape up into the pocket. I've got to escape back. And, oh, there's 95 roaring around the edge. I, I just think collectively, this is all going to help Miles. I mean, it's going to help everybody, but we're talking about Miles on this pod specifically. This is going to help Miles a ton. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's why it was so key, too, for them to go out and rebuild essentially their D-tackle room as well and create competition there like that we didn't really see last year. Because, again, we've talked about this. Like, we went into minicamp last year, and by the end of minicamp, it was, like, so obvious that, okay, it's going to probably be Jordan Elliott and Taven Bryan. Like, no one's, like, competing with those guys at this point. But they just gave really nothing in terms of helping the pass rush last year. And I think you couldn't chance that again. Um, So I think the competition is good. And like we said, I don't think they've given up on Jordan Elliott or anything, but it's good to get obviously Dalvin Tomlinson in there, who is maybe not going to get a ton of sacks for you, but is really good at flushing quarterbacks out to his ends, who has a familiarity with Zadarius and playing alongside him on the inside, who knows what kind of damage he can do. Um, And then you bring in Tristan Hill, you bring in Mo Hurst, like guys who, again, I think are more than just camp bodies. They are out there, I think, to compete. And Mo Hurst has a familiarity with this system. He can rush from the inside. If he can stay healthy, he might have a chance at a career resurgence here if he makes the 53-man roster. Um, I think all of that is really important because last year it just became so easy for other teams to ignore what was happening along the rest of the line um, and focus in on Miles because he just got no help. And and they really struggled, obviously, um, with Jadavian not getting the production that he got the year prior. Chase Winovich wasn't healthy, so he wasn't really in that third spot. And you had to depend too much on two rookies. So I think just the effort that they went through to add to those two spots is going to be huge to help him with other guys who can work on getting to the quarterback. So there's one other factor here that we haven't talked about, and that's the offense. So much of this comes back to Deshaun Watson. But Mary Kay, something that's going to help Miles Garrett is if this team is up 10 points in the fourth quarter, you know, just like with Nick Chubb on offense, Mm -hmm. that's like, okay, that's Nick Chubb time. Well, if you're up 10 points in the fourth quarter and your defense is on the field and you know the offense is throwing the ball because they got to score points to get mm-hmm. back in it, that's when these edge rushers eat. That's when that's when you can turn a 14 or 15 sack season into an 18 or 19 or, or 20 sack season if the Browns have a few games like that. So how much is it going to help if the Browns offense lives up to the expectations it can? That's huge, Dan, and that's just a great point by you because that is absolutely huge, and it's something that Miles has not had yet. 
he's never really been in that position where they're playing from a position of strength and playing from ahead and being able to just tee off whenever they want to. Uh, that just not has not been the norm for him whatsoever. And if they can get there, uh, that will really, really help him a lot, and it will help everyone else on that defensive line or defense as well. So, yes, there should be tremendous synergy now between the offense and defense. Yeah, I mean, Ashley, you ask any off- uh, any defensive lineman, like, <laughs> when you know that other team has to throw the ball and you don't have to care about the run, like, even if they do run it, who cares? Yeah. It's just, it's that's time. That's time to go up that sack total. Yeah, and I mean, I just think about, too, like, the – how much stress it felt like the defense was under towards like the end of 2021 where they actually were clicking. And I mean, the prime example is that Baltimore game in Baltimore where they got four interceptions against Lamar Jackson and they still lost because the offense couldn't get anything going. So I think the last few years, especially it's like been when the defense is clicking, the offense didn't quite have that power and that command. And they really were relying so much on their defense, but this is the first year, like you said, I think it feels more balanced and like the offense is, if it goes well, they're going to have a lot more going for them in that passing game than they have the last couple of years. So he's going to, I think Miles and the rest of the defense, it automatically kind of creates less pressure, I guess, pun intended there. <laughs> okay. So the question was uh, regarding Miles Garrett, will Miles Garrett beat his sack record? and challenge for NFL Defensive Player of the Year. So I guess we should pay this off and answer this question. Um, I mean, Mary Kay is, I mean, is this the year for Miles finally? Well, I certainly think he's going to make a strong case for both things. I think he's got an opportunity uh, to top 16. Of course, you know, there's 17 games now. So you're really just averaging one sack a game to do that. I think he should be able to do that. If he gets the 20 plus that he's capable of, then certainly that gets you in that conversation at the end of the season for NFL defensive player of the year. He's going to have challengers. I mean, we know, you know, the TJ Watts and the Bosa's and and all those guys that are out there. uh, But I certainly think that Miles will be right in the thick of it this year. I feel like everyone has just been waiting, you know, for Miles to like not just in Cleveland, but just nationally for like miles to have that year where it's like, yes, this is the guy, you know, he's obviously always been uh, a PFF favorite. Um, obviously in, in Cleveland fans want him to, to get that award. It just hasn't happened for him, but Ashley, it feels like kind of with this team, it, it sort of feels like the way with this, this team is as a whole, like there is a chance that everything can kind of come together this year. And it feels that way for Miles, too. It feels like everything is right there for him to finally kind of reach that that ceiling. Yeah, I was going to say my answer to this question is yes, but essentially, because I think there are certain things that Miles can do to, like, obviously make the case for himself. But there are things that I think he has no control over that have hurt him, I think, in the past, especially this past year. And that is if this team doesn't come together and if they are kind of hanging around 500 again and people nationally aren't really paying attention to them. And that kind of becomes easier because of the Deshaun Watson situation that it gives them a reason to not be paying attention to the Browns on a national level. And therefore what miles is doing week to week, isn't really being seen by as many people and it just automatically kind of knocks him out of the race for that. So I think he obviously has to up his numbers a little bit, up his sack production, get some help. 
Um, but also they have to win some football games so that people are actually watching him do those things. And sometimes it's, t- I mean, as silly as this sounds, sometimes you just got to have the right Twitter highlights at the right time too, to go with all of that. So like get, get your 20 sacks and, and be on a good team. And then also have like five moments during the season where it's like all of NFL Twitter is like, Oh my God, I can't believe miles Garrett did that. You know I mean? I think TJ Watt has done a lot of that. Aaron Donald has, you know, we've seen that. So if you can just have like four or five of those moments to go on top of a really great season, that's sort of where, where that hype starts to build. Um, that's that's how we consume football. <laughs> we're very we're very simple people when it comes to, to voting for these awards. Uh, but anyway, Miles is poised certainly for a breakout year uh, as we continue our our twenty three questions series again. You can see all these at cleveland.com slash browns, which is also where you can become a football mm-hmm. insider subscriber. Click the blue banner at the top of the page to get info on that. Get subscribed to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and also go on YouTube, search Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com, and get subscribed to our youtube channel as well for mary Kay and ashley i'm dan thanks for listening everybody